Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. Turning points in our lives are areas in which we change our direction, and the turning points happen in our habits, which are our actions, in our mind, which are our thoughts, and in our vocabulary, which are our words. And what we've learned over the last couple of weeks is that it is important to take attention or pay attention to these three areas, no matter how young you are or no matter how old you are, you got habits, you got a mind, and you have a vocabulary. And as children grow older and they begin to develop in God, their vocabulary increases, their mind becomes more mature, and their habits or their actions line up with what is expected of them, not just in society, but according to the standards by which God requires of us. It was one scripture writer who said, when I was a child, I thought as a child and I spake as a child. I even did childish things, but when I became an adult, I put away those childish things and I became a full grown man or you become a full grown woman. So we're in the process. Somebody say we're in the process. We're in the process of growing, but in the growing process, we have to turn. Turning. When you hear the word turning, you think of something in rotation. You think of something that was going in one direction that is now going in another direction. Turning, turning, like we turn the page, we, we turn the corner, we, we turn in our lives. There are turning points. And those turning points for us on a spiritual development, mature, navigational level is that our habits have to change. Somebody asked you this morning, well, how do you break the cycles of the habits? You do just that. You break the cycle or the habit. If you set one place, set someplace else. If you go home one way, go home a different way. If every time you see this person, the same thing happens, either you stop seeing that person or you bring somebody with you and that'll help dilute the situation. And so turning in our habits require action. You cannot turn in your habits just because you turned in your minds. That's a whole separate point. So that point on turning in your minds, which means your thoughts are differently, are different. I don't think the same way that I thought before. If I think like I thought when I was six years old, it'd be a whole different scenario up here with this microphone. You know that, right? At six years old, they gave me quarters to imitate James Brown. I got soul. So, so I, got, I got exposure to things as a child that may not have benefited me because there's only one James Brown, but there's the book of James. All right. I had to get you back to the Bible. So it is the, in this particular book that we're talking about. So the mind, the thoughts, and then our vocabulary. Somebody say, your words, your words will either justify or condemn us. Either our words bring us life or our words will bring death. Remember, I quoted to you the scripture in this study that life and death, not or death, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so this tongue is a whirlwind of fire. It literally can create things or it can destroy things. You can use your tongue to build somebody up or you can use your tongue to tear somebody down. You can use your tongue to confess the Lord or you can use your tongue to lie or deceive. So we have an instrument to actually create the words. Your tongue forms the words. And so we have an instrument to get a vocabulary that is conducive for our success. What do you mean? 
We have an instrument, we have a tool where we can confess some things, we can proclaim some things, we can document out of our mouths some things that will create the world around us. This morning, the altar call was not for sinners, it was not for repentance, it was not for people who did bad things and they wanted to say sorry, it was for people who had a revelation or an aha moment that wanted to proclaim and establish through affirmation of their tongue what it is that God is doing in their lives. I know that confuses people. So, so it's just as easy to say I'm healed as it is to say I'm sick. It's just as easy to say I'm catching a healing as it is to say I'm catching a cold. It's just as easy to say I'm blessed as it is to say I'm broke. Same number of syllables. I'm broke. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm sick. I'm good. I'm bad. Same words, different tone. I asked a man yesterday. He said, hey, how are you? I said, I'm good. How about you? He says, I am doing so much better than I deserve. I was like, I'm going to use that. (laughs) I used it twice today already. (laughs) You can use it if you want to. I'm sure there's no monopoly on that revelation. How many would agree that we're doing a whole lot better than what we deserve? Well, our words, our habits, our mindset, these are all important points at which when we turn, we turn for good. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when we turn, we then hear from God. If you could go to James, the third chapter, I want to share something with you. James, the third chapter. Um, we got King James Version, and we also have the basic English Bible. I got a parallel here. I got, but I want to show you something, okay? And I need you to listen and pay attention. Look at somebody say, pay attention. First verse says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive greater condemnation. English version of this, basic English says, Do not all be teachers, my brothers, because we teachers will be judged more hardly than others. Okay, verse number two says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. In the basic English, it says, for we all go wrong in a number of things. And if a man never makes a slip in his talk, then he is a complete man and able to keep all his body in control. I'd like to meet him. Okay, verse number three says this. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Verse number three in the English, basic English version says, now if we put bits of iron into horse's mouths so that they may be guided by us, we have complete control over their bodies. Verse number four, behold also the ships, which though they be so great, And are driven of fierce wind, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. And again, ships, though they are so great and are moved by violent winds, they are turned by a very small guided blade at the impulse of the man who's using it. I'm showing you these parallels. Verse number five, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter A little fire kindleth. Translation of that says, even so the tongue is a small part of the body, but it takes credit for great things. How much wood may be lighted by a little, very little fire. Verse number six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Translation, the tongue is a fire. It is the powerful of evil, the power of evil placed in our bodies, making all the body unclean, putting the wheel of life on fire and getting its fire from hell. So verse number eight, (laughs) 
But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. But the tongue cannot be controlled by man. It is an unresting evil, and it is full of poison of death. I've got to get out of this situation. Verse number nine says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. I'm going to read the rest of this all in the king in the um the uh the, the standard basic English. It says, "With it we give praise to our Lord and Father, and with it we put a curse on men who are made in God's image. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, it is not right for these things to be so. Does the fountain send from the same outlet sweet and bitter water? Is a fig tree able to give us olives, my brother? Or do we get figs from the vine or sweet water from the salt sea? Who has wisdom? This is the key part. Who has wisdom and good sense among you? Let him make his works clear by a life of gentle wisdom. By a life of gentle wisdom. Look at somebody say, this is the turning point, and I know you know. I know, I know, I know you know. That's one of the statements we always make. I was watching somebody today being corrected by somebody else, and they were arguing back. I know you already know. You see, we already know what somebody's about to say to us. Look at somebody say, don't smile at me because I already know. So what happens is that we live our lives averting wisdom because we think we already know we need to turn. I need to turn from the lack of humility that lets me think that I know everything there is to know already. If I knew, then why would I, if I already knew everything, then I guess I'd be complete, right? And I'd have complete control over my body, right? I'd be in control of everything, right? I'd be able to tame my tongue, right? Wrong. We don't know everything. In fact, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Because if we knew what we didn't know, then we would know, you know? What I want us to consider is this. We don't know everything. Look at somebody say, I know you know, but you don't know at all. Yeah, I know you think you know me, but you don't really know me. I know you think you know your situation, but you don't even know that. Because we get in quandaries all the time. We get in situations where we're scratching our head and leaving piles of dandruff because we, we can't figure it out. That's just me. We, we, just, we, we, we can't figure it out. We cannot figure it out. We cannot comprehend, understand, or even get an answer why. But we always say, oh, I know, I know. And I would be very leery. I would be very cautious. I would be very careful to link up and connect with people that you say something. They took, oh, I already know. I know, I know. I was about to say that. And if I brought it to your attention before you said it, listen, because I might be able to bring some enlightenment to what you already know. These babies could teach us something that we think we already know. The older people can teach us something that we think we already know. Somebody of a different race or a different culture can teach us something that we thought we already knew because we were influenced by something external of ourselves. Well, I could preach the word of God. Oh, yeah, I know. I know you know. I know you know what it's like to have to prepare the message of, the, of God. I know you know what it's like to be able to, to have to navigate in and out of your personality and the personality of God at the same time. I know you know. I know you know that when you get your church, it's going to be better than this. I know you know. I know you know that when you have your children, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And when you get married, it's going to be like this, like this, like this, and like that. I know you know. 
I know you know how to manage money. You don't have any, but when you get some money, you're going to manage that money real good. In fact, I know you know that when you get, not if you get to be a millionaire, when you get to be a millionaire, you're going to pay your tithes, but you don't pay them right now. You're going to give money to the church, but you're not giving right now. You're going to be liberal in your giving, but you're stingy right now. I know you know. I know you know what it means to live a holy life, but we're struggling, struggling, struggling. But you know, this was so humbling to me. When God spoke this to me, I said, I got to share this because I couldn't bear this all by myself. I know I think I know, but I don't know half of what I think I know. And if I knew then just a little bit of what I know now, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'd be a lot further along. Look at somebody say, we need to get to know. So the turning point is in knowing. The turning point is having revelation. The turning point, and it's hidden in those scriptures. It's hidden there in the scripture that our mouths move and we don't have knowledge and wisdom. Our tongues. And so I've been saying that the turning point is I got to start saying some different things because if I keep saying the same thing, I'm going to keep getting the same thing. And I'm only saying what I'm thinking and I'm only thinking what I'm doing. Not now, not now. I can't change. I'm so busy still doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get different results. You say, that's insane. No, it's not. That's my everyday life. My everyday life is just doing the same thing and I'm going through the same pattern and I'm going, I can see a pattern miles and miles away. I can see it. I can say, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. You can tell, you can see it. You can see it. In fact, you are what you eat, right? I don't, don't get shame. He said, I am not a Krispy Kreme. Yes, you are. Yep. And this is not a rebuke. I keep telling you, this is not the rebuke. You say, who, if this is not the rebuke, this is the revelation. The revelation is we think we know, but it's always easier for us to know for somebody else than it is to know for ourselves. I know what your problem is. I know what your problem is. Yeah, I know. I know what your problem is. What you need to do is, and this is what you need to do. And if I was you, stop right there. If you were me, we wouldn't be having this conversation unless you'd be talking to yourself. Tell you what, I'm going to do the best that I can do in being me and becoming the me that God wants me to be. And I'm going to start by humbling myself and saying that I really don't know what I'm doing. That's the first step to greatness is to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me learn. Now, you don't stay there and you don't play this false humility and you don't pretend like you know when you do know, like you don't know when you do know. In fact, you use what you have. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope. 